Hey everyone, wherever you are, I hope you're having a wonderful week. So far, we have the latest episode of the Inside Crypto Show, interviews and discussions with regular people just like yourselves. Today, we are joined by Venkat Naga, CEO of Serenity Shield. Serenity Shield offers a secure and multi-chain private data storage solution that enables you to store various types of assets. Before we dive into that, Venkat, why don't you tell us about yourself? Thank you, Grant. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. So I'm Naga Venkat. I'm from India. I'm a computer engineer by my education, and I started my career as an IT engineer. And after a course of time, I plunged into the corporate world, forming global organizations, banking, financing, putting myself into a lot of mergers and acquisition deals. So I had quite a rewarding but a challenging 24 years of career. And in the last few years, I saw the immense potential that the blockchain technology can offer to this world, I was rather quite impressed and fascinated by this as a technology man fundamentally. So I got into this blockchain space in the last few years and started to learn about this technology, started to gain some experience and expertise in this technology. And I'm with Serenity Shield for the last one and a half years or so. And right now I'm the CEO of Serenity Shield. And my job primarily is to create or craft rather the vision and technology of Serenity Shield as a blockchain project, along with all the other things I do. And in this process, I'm also creating a legacy, a footprint for Serenity Shield in this space, parallelly creating a legacy for myself at this stage of my career. Very nice and very interesting. Venkat, going back into your career, do you remember what was that memory or that thing that said, ah, I have to look into cryptocurrency or blockchain? No, but to be very honest, Ryan, because I'm not coming from a crypto background, so to say, because I was not a crypto user, which I, I'm not sure if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I was never a crypto user, so to say, even until today. So I'm a purely a technology man. I started to look at the blockchain technology. That happened, I would rather say, three years ago, especially when I saw some challenges in the Web2 world. I was looking around to see what could be the real deal breaker. What could be the real thing that can revolutionize or bring a real solution? And that's where I started to put my focus on blockchain technology because I thought blockchain can really solve some problems that the global community is facing today. Nice. That's a really good answer. You've been in technology so long. How do you think technology has changed in the last 20 years or so to lead us to blockchain? How have things changed? How have you felt things change? Is it a good change or a bad change? What do you think? No, of course, every change, whether it's a good or bad, every change is very important. I need to bring it here, a perspective which I was going to say during the course of a conversation, but I can answer this through your question. So when we had this internet revolution, with the advent of the internet revolution, we saw this dominance of the tech giants, right? So with the dominance of the tech giants, we were starting without even realizing what was happening. Privacy for an individual user was becoming rather a myth rather than a matter of a reality. So the data that we store today, what we speak, what we write on the internet is not a private anymore. And we all know that, but we are all getting accustomed to that fact that whatever we store, whatever we write and speak, it's not private anymore. And we are getting used to that kind of a concept. So that's where I personally thought, I, I still personally believe that the power that the blockchain technology is offering to this world, if they are being harnessed and if they are being endorsed in the right manner, 
in the right mix that can provide a real privacy solution to the global community, which they really deserve at this point of time because they are being deprived of that. So that's why I really thought that the blockchain technology, provided that it is provided in the right mix, in the right formula, with the right balance, can create that real privacy solution to the global user. And that's what I see how things are evolving and they are bound to evolve, but it's a natural shift which has to happen because at the end of the day, the forces of nature, they always try to balance themselves, right? So I believe it's a natural shift which is happening and it is very good for the global community. Nice. And I totally agree with you, Venkat. You mentioned privacy and a lot of listeners to the podcast, like they were big fans of Sam Harrison from Fedora. When he was on the podcast, he was such a great speaker and people listening to the podcast right now, you guys might not know that Serenity Shield that you guys are working with Fedora and I'll ask you the same question I asked him. And you've talked about privacy, right? Like, why is privacy so important? Of course, privacy is so important in the sense because, as I said, it's just not our fundamental human right because it is very essential to whatever we try to do, right? Because that's becoming a part of our day-to-day -day life, right? So that's why privacy is qu quite important. And by the way, since you mentioned about Findora and Sam Harris, I think I really have to take this opportunity to express my sense of appreciation to Sam Harris, who is the CEO of Fendora, because I believe he has contributed a lot to this blockchain space. And I also would like to thank Fendora because they are providing us a grant to integrate their technology into our privacy solution. So right now, as we speak, my tech team is trying to integrate Fendora's Prism Plus technology into our privacy solution to make our NFTs private. So that's what we are trying to do with Findora. But some people, they tend to ask this question, why are you not creating your own technology? Why do you go and get technologies from other people? I think it's a very interesting question, which I keep getting bombarded by people at different instances in different places. So I always say this to Sanity Shield, we want to position ourselves as a consolidator, as an aggregator within the blockchain space. We are not addressing just one aspect of a particular technology. Our job is to put all the different technologies which are available in the blockchain space together and then do what? We are creating an infrastructure. We are creating an entire ecosystem of privacy and security, which can be used by both the Web2 and the Web3 worlds. And we are pushing the solution to a mainstream adoption even to an extent of educating our customers. That's why by next month, we are going to launch our education vertical out of India. And there's which better place I could launch my education vertical out of India, which is officially the most populous country in the world. So we put all the best of the technologies together and create that infrastructure and an ecosystem and make it usable for both the Web2 and the Web3 worlds and educate the customers, so to say. As you can see, this is already a lot of thing to do. Right, So we have taken a conscious decision in doing whatever we are planning to do. But who knows, in the future, once we get settled, we might start to develop our own technology. But as of today, this is what is our ambition to achieve and do. That, that is a nice ambition as well. Venkat, you mentioned India, and it's very interesting, right? I was speaking to an engineer from India at the end of last week, and we're talking about the Royal Bank of India, and I believe you guys have a 30% tax rate and crypto is still in India and it's around. 
but some people believe like that 30% tax rate is going to push crypto companies out. How do you feel about crypto and regulation in India? I can't really straight away comment about why and how a regulation is getting imposed because at the end of the day, it's the discretion of every country to do what they feel is important and necessary for them to do. But having said that, whether it's the regulations in India or even for that in US for that matter, right? At the end of the day, it's the job of projects like us to be compliant. We have to keep ourselves adherent because of the end, what I also believe, Brian, is not about, of course, privacy is a fundamental human right. In fact, we promote that, we advocate that. But let's not forget, we are also citizens of a particular country and we are global citizens and we need to be compliant to the rules and regulations of certain whatever the regulatory bodies of the world, right? Because we are not sitting in a no man isolated island. So that's why I always believe the challenge is to create that right balance between privacy and traceability. That reminds us a key challenge. But having said that, we are not going to stop our innovation. We will keep innovating. And through Serenity Shield, we are constantly working with the legal experts. We are constantly working with the regulatory bodies. And I have taken this as my personal challenge to showcase and illustrate how Serenity Shield can be a sort of a good mix. How can you create that right balance between privacy and traceability and still adhere to the rules and regulations of the jurisdiction of where you're operating? And that's my personal task is to showcase how can that be the good mix to demonstrate that we can do it both together at the same time without compromising our core principles of privacy. Thank you, Venkat. That's a good explanation. And I think having spoken to a few CEOs and founders, I think almost all of them agree with you. The mix is what you need. You can't be one way or the other. We've danced around the topic. I know what Serenity Shield is. As usual with every podcast, I got to go and read and do the research. So why don't you tell our listeners and our viewers on YouTube about Serenity Shield? Yeah, Serenity Shield is fundamentally, we are a decentralized blockchain application. And we are using certain privacy-preserving technologies and protocols to enable our users to store, restore, retrieve, and access their data in a confidential and secured manner. But having said that, why are we unique? Why are we different from the other privacy solutions? Because we really adhere to the principles of blockchain. What are they? Decentralization, self-custody, autonomy, permissionless systems, and ownership. Because these are the core fundamental principles that we adhere to while providing these privacy solutions to the users. So what does it mean? We do not involve any hardware components in our solution. We do not involve any component which can be deemed to be having some sort of a centralized authority. And we do not involve any third-party service providers to come and intrude into our solution. So essentially, what we do is to enable our users to store their sensitive and confidential data in a private and a secure manner with 100% ownership, 100% self-custody, 100% autonomy, without any interference or intrusion whatsoever from even the Serenity Shield system or for that matter from any other third party. And that's what we promote to do. So somebody listening to the podcast right now, watching the video, they'll be like, okay, this is interesting. 
I'm liking what Benkit is saying, and I'm also liking it personally. But what is the first step? We have so many social media handles. Of course, we do have a Twitter, we do have Telegram, and we do have a Discord. In fact, our website, we are doing the complete refresh and rebrand of our website. So the new website is going to be launched, I believe, by end of this week or latest by early next week. So that's the latest update I got from my team. Go to our website, look at our website, go to our white paper, understand our product, understand our philosophy, and go to our Twitter, keep engaged with our community, go to our Discord and Telegram, and these are the kind of various means that by which they can access Serenity Shield and what Serenity Shield is actually doing at any point of time. So those are good ways to get involved. And I know I checked out your Twitter, and it's very rare for many crypto projects to be so engaged and have such an active community. Viewers or listeners, you should definitely go and check that out. All of Serenity Shield's socials will be down in the show notes, in YouTube, and on your podcast app, Apple or Spotify, wherever you're listening. Vicky, you've said some really cool things about Serenity. People know how to get involved. And what makes this podcast and video so interesting to me today is that it's very rare to get a CEO who's so vociferous, right? Like really passionate about what they're doing. And it's so it comes out in your voice. And that to me is like very impressive. And you mentioned the rebrand and I saw that on the website and I was wondering why did you decide to rebrand? Yeah, that's a very interesting question, right? Because when we started Sanity Shield, we started with the concept of being a storage provider to store your seed phrase with an inheritance option. So it was a very simple concept, but it was very real and surreal because it was addressing a real problem where people can store their seed phrase and that too with an inheritance option because many people today, they still do not understand, God forbid, if something happens to them, what actually happens to their crypto assets or digital assets, right? So that's how we started this whole concept of Serenity Shield. But over a period of time, let's say over a period of the last one year, our whole technology has evolved within Serenity Shield. Our product offering has evolved. And even our fundamental vision and philosophy also has evolved. And I would say rather transformed. So by starting as a seed phase storage provider, today I can proudly and confidently say we are able to position Serenity Shield as a digital gateway between the Web 2 and the Web 3 world. So you can imagine this is a lot of evolution and transformation, right? We started as a seed phrase storage provider, but today we are able to confidently position ourselves as a digital gateway between the two of the worlds. So obviously our brand image, our website, our white paper, all this should resonate with the evolution and the transformation that we have gone through. Otherwise, if we are just talking about the things with which we started, whereas today we are completely different, we have completely transformed and evolved ourselves with the changes that are happening in the Web 2 and the Web 3 world. Because if you don't adapt yourself to these changes, you have to keep yourself relevant. So that's why we thought it is quite important for Serenity Shield just not to target the 4%. We wanted to target that mainstream 96%. And we want to become that bridge between the Web 2 and the Web 3 worlds. So obviously, we thought it is quite prudent to rebrand ourselves so that our brand image, our website, or even our white paper, it captures our new philosophy, our new vision, our new positioning, etc. And that's why we are doing this rebranding. And of course, in that process, we are working with this company called Flight3. That's a very renowned marketing agency in UK. 
They are doing a tremendous job and our team are putting a lot of efforts. And as I said, our new website will be launched by either end of this week or latest by next week. Fantastic. You've mentioned bridging Web 2 and Web 3 as well. And this goes into another question is a lot of people I've spoken to in the last six months to 12 months have said, you know what, NFTs, seed phrases, MetaMask, all these other things, they're doing crypto a disservice, right? They're not helping regular people understand and get on board and use these solutions. So at Serenity Shield, I mean, looking at, as you mentioned, just looking at the not launched website just yet, but looking at what was available online, I feel that you are also moving in that direction of bringing like a Web2 experience, but having that Web3 infrastructure underneath so that people are more used to it. Yeah, that's true. That's true because we need to keep that balance, as I said, right? This is because we are creating that infrastructure. The infrastructure cannot go to Web2 because then we are deviating from the core principles of blockchain and we will get into the same problem of what Web2 is posing today to a general user. So the fundamental infrastructure and the ecosystem has to be built on Web3 using the core principles of the blockchain technology. We can't have any deviation or compensation on that. Having said that, the challenge today, because that's why I keep saying this crying in all my podcasts and other interviews, because today, as we might have seen, the governments are getting into the CBDC initiative, which is the Central Bank Digital Currency Initiative. So... How are the governments going to be successful in these initiatives if there is no mainstream adoption of the blockchain technology? And that's why I personally believe that projects like Serenity Shield, we will be at the forefront because we are creating that infrastructure and ecosystem which can be used by both the Web2 and the Web3 users. And we are really pushing this whole thing towards the mainstream adoption, even to an extent of going to educate the customers. For example, when you talk about CBDC, how many of our people do you think they know how to create a wallet, right? Which is a very fundamental thing if you want to keep yourself engaged within the blockchain or the Web3 space, right? So it is our duty to tell people how and educate them how to even create a wallet. And you should have a 24 by 7 customer service because in that process, people might have all the doubts in the world. So... Those are the kind of very simple and practical things because sometimes it's for very complex problem, you can always have a very simple solution to a complex problem. And that's what we are trying to do here is in terms of the transportation, the adoption of the fundamental blockchain technology, if it has to be done with the Web2 users as well, your language has to be simple. It has to be understandable. It has to be relatable. And you need to teach them, educate them, and give them service. Because can you tell me how many of the blockchain technologies today that they are in the space, they are thinking about offering a 24 by seven customer service. In the Web3 space, this is something which is unheard of. Whereas when we are going to launch our Strongbox product, we have already thought about educating the customer. We have thought about a 24 by seven customer service because why? I am personally coming from a Web2 background. I know what are all the practical difficulties that the Web3 space is going to face when they are going to push towards a mainstream adoption. So that's why we are trying to keep this understandable, relatable, simple, and user-friendly. Nice. You were doing all these podcasts and interviews, and this is totally off script. And I think this is wonderful, right? I think more founders, more CEOs should be doing this. 
our CEO and co-founders, they do this as well. But I think it's very rare for a CEO to engage this way. Are you still going to be doing these videos and that sort of stuff in the future so that users of Serenity Shield and your customers are going to be like, oh my God, Venkat is always talking. He's always engaging. I trust this company now because he's always communicating with us what you're doing, where you're going, etc. No, I think you see, I'm coming from the largest democracy in the world, right? So we thrive by talking and speaking. So I personally, I love talking and I don't mind going to any level to make myself relatable, understandable. So to answer your question, I'm not doing this because of any business objective, right? That's not what I'm doing it only for, although it does have certain business objectives too. But my job, as I said at the beginning of my conversation, is that I'm trying to create a legacy for both Serenity Shield and myself. And then I still very strongly believe that we are getting into a new phase of our civilization where this groundbreaking blockchain technology has to be promoted. It has to be educated. It has to be propagated. And whatever it needs to be done to be able to achieve that, until then, I'll keep talking. Very good. You mentioned the website launching end of this week or beginning of next week. You mentioned your Strongbox product as well. What's the rough roadmap? And again, I'll remind people who are watching this podcast or listening to it, nobody can hold you to any dates or roadmaps. It's all rough. Things change. Crypto changes all the time. But for people watching this video, they're like, okay, this is really interesting. I'm excited. Strongbox, the website, et cetera. What else should people be excited for coming in the next year or so? Yeah, Grant, I just want to make a correction. We are just not a crypto, we are a blockchain technology company. As you said, a lot of interesting things are happening as our final product, which is the Strongbox, which I said is the first version of a B2C product, because we also have a B2B product which is coming, where not even private users, even businesses, they can store their data because it will be an alternative to the Amazon and the Googles of the world because we are also providing a solution where B2B business users can store their private data on chain in a completely decentralized manner with all the facilities that we'll be able to offer. That's our second phase of the product, but I believe even our B2B is going to be launched much sooner than what we thought. But the first vertical, which is a B2C vertical, we are right now, we are at the very last end of the test net and very soon we'll be moving to the main net. And after moving to the main net, we will do all the sort of audits on the DAB to make sure that it is really not prone to any sort of a hacking or vulnerabilities. Once we complete the audits and we move to the mainnet, then the final product will be launched to the market, which I believe should happen sometime around July or August of this year. So the customers who are excited about Serenity Shield, they should be really holding their breath because once we launch the Strongbox product in the market, today I'm just only talking. You're only hearing the seamless user experience, the simplicity, the user experience and the user options that our product is going to offer. You will feel it only when you use it. I strongly suggest once we are getting into the mainnet, we will launch a lot of community programs where we will promote the communities to come and use and test our product. I strongly recommend that the communities come and test our product and then make sure what they are getting they can get accustomed to what they are going to buy or subscribe in the near future. So that way, I think July, August timeline, although it's summer, for us, it's not summer. It's going to be a very busy summer because we are going to launch our product. And also one more thing is that 
during the same time frame, we are also launching our education vertical out of India. So there are going to be two major launches. One is the launch of our Strongbox and the other one being the launch of our education vertical out of India. Very cool. I think you, you've covered a lot. You've said a lot about Serenity Shield and it's been wonderful. It's been very passionate. And I think anyone watching this or listening to this can understand your passion as you're talking about Serenity Shield. Before we end off today's podcast, I just wanted to give you the floor. Is there anything you haven't said? Any pearls of wisdom? Anything you want to end off today's show on? No time limit. Take your time. The floor is yours. Okay. So I think there are certain things which I thought it is important for me to address this in this platform because I want to clear certain misconceptions and bring certain right perspective when we are approaching privacy as a subject matter. Is this because one of the few things, Brian, is that the difference between privacy and secrecy. I think that's becoming a big debate or it's a topic of discussion because people generally tend to confuse between what is privacy and what is secrecy. And there are also a lot of misconceptions and misinformations that people think that privacy is a mask for secrecy. That is why there is a certain amount of negativity, skepticism, and even resistance when any privacy solution is getting introduced in the market. So I think it's really high time that people start to get the right definition for the word privacy. As far as Serenity Shield is concerned, for us, privacy is defined by confidentiality and security. As far as we are concerned, privacy is not a substitute or a mask for your secrecy. So I think this is one thing I really, as a privacy solution provider, I really wanted to touch base that it is really high time that people understand the difference between privacy and secrecy. That's one. And number two, what are the other vulnerabilities that privacy can face or the challenges that privacy faces in the current landscape of things? Because we are all in the clutches of the Web2 world. You know, the ever-growing social media platforms, the internet of things called the IOTs, and all the connected systems, they are creating an enormous amount of loopholes and vulnerabilities within the space of privacy. As I said previously in my conversation, I strongly believe blockchain can be a real solution to provide you the real privacy that a global community user deserves today, which is his fundamental human right. So let's go and enforce all these things in terms of decentralization, permissionless system, self-custody, autonomy, ownership, Let's go and promote all these things and provide that real privacy that a global community he really deserves, which he is longing as of today. But having said that, let's maintain that right balance between privacy, traceability, secrecy, so that we do not become on the wrong side of the coin and people take this as an opportunity to create that resistance and criticize what people like us that we are doing. And we want to be fully compliant with the regulatory bodies and create that right mix to show that privacy and compliance can coexist and still be very innovative. Very impressive way to end up today's podcast. And I really like the emphasis on the difference between privacy and secrecy, which is really clear and you explained it. Venkat, thank you so much for your time today. Hopefully, I understand it's not too late in India, so you can get up work and hopefully, even though you're a CEO, you have time to relax. I really appreciate your time. 
And hopefully we can maybe talk again towards the end of the year, see how things are going with Serenity Shield, catch up, fill us in on the plans for 2024, perhaps. I think that would be a wonderful like party to this podcast. I thank you once again for having me today. And it was really a pleasure talking to you. And then let's stay in touch and we will talk to you again. Sounds thank good. you very much. Thank, thank you. you.